A reading from the first book of Samuel. At that time, as they were coming home, when David returned from slaying the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with timbrels, with songs of joy, and with instruments of music. And the women sang to one another as they made merry. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. And Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, take heed to yourself in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself, and I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you, and if I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have been of good service to you. For he took his life in his hand, and he slew the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced, Why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? And Saul hearkened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, also from Judea and Jerusalem, from Idumea and beyond the Jordan, and from about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, hearing all that he did, came to him. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they should crush him, for he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed upon him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits beheld him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. So it's been interesting to see in the readings uh, that we've had over these last few days how the church has tied what's been happening with the Lord at at this part of his ministry where he's been in conflict with uh, with the religious leaders. He's been in conflict with the Pharisees. And, uh, and they've been following him, trying to catch him. And what we've had then is also in the first readings, this relationship that exists between Saul and David. And so what we see in the first reading is also kind of what's happening in the gospels that we've been reading, which is that there is this shift of the people from under Saul to David. So also we see a shift now of the people from under the other church leaders to Christ himself, to the fulfillment. And so there's also going to be what we see in the first readings also present in the Gospels, whereas there is this type of jealousy in the heart of Saul that we also see in the heart of the Pharisees. As the people are being drawn after Christ, so they become jealous of him. And so their motivation is his destruction. And we see that that's what happens with Saul and David as well. Even at the times when Saul, like in the first reading today, is calmed by the words of his son Jonathan, his jealousy will always kind of shoot up again and make him pursue David in in order to kill him. And so he goes through this conflict to Saul, something that he has brought upon himself. He was disobedient to God's word, and so God is now giving over his people to a king who will obey his word. So also what's happening in the Gospels today is those who have deviated from their understanding of the word and have imposed upon the people the burden of all of these man-made laws that they have created, so now they will be shifted under the authority of the true king, Christ himself. And so there's a few other things in the gospel today that are interesting regarding the relationship that Christ has with his church. So Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. So he's looking for that time alone with his disciples, which he never seems to get. The multitude is always following after him. And you can understand why. Anyone who has been sick for any period of time knows that if the medicine was just over there and there was multiple people who were trying to get to the same medicine, well, we know that there would be a crowd. There would be a rush to get to what is a minimal resource, right? But something that is necessary. And so we can understand why these people are pressing in around Christ because they've heard stories that he's healed everything. Any kind of sickness you could imagine, he had healed it at this point. 
And so everyone who has any type of sickness is being drawn to him. But this exterior healing that he works, these physical healings, represent also what he desires to do with the human soul, as we've said before. Our human soul is also sick without Christ. It has many types of ailments without the Lord himself. And so what he desires is this, that this rush for physical healing will inspire a rush for spiritual healing. The people will come to the Lord in order to be healed in soul as well. And so he withdraws, and this crowd begins to press in around him <clears throat> to the point where he has to ask his disciples. I also love that line. He doesn't command his disciples. He doesn't tell them what to do. He asks the humble Savior, asks his own disciples if they can do this for him. And he gets them to prepare this boat and to have it ready so that he is not crushed. Some of the other accounts we know from when the Lord steps into a boat to avoid the crowds is so that they might also hear him better. In other accounts, he steps into the boat so that he can preach to them clearly and that they are able to hear him. But here he steps into the boat for his own defense, for his own protection in a certain sense. And so we can pick up from these, uh, these moments in the life of Christ what the function of the church is as well. It is a bark, Peter, the boat of Peter, where the Lord can preach from in clarity and in truth. But it is also this same boat which is the one that defends Christ against attacks, against heresy, against untruth, against all the things that might rise against the Lord himself. And this boat becomes that defense of Christ, but also the bark from which he preaches. It is also the place from which he heals the place from which he is able to encounter all these souls that are coming to look upon him. And because he steps into the boat and is not simply crushed by the crowd, they are able to see him. They are able to listen to him. They are able to be healed by him. And so we see the beautiful function in which the Lord operates himself through his own church. And then what we see is not only does he heal these, uh, the multitude that comes to him from those physical sufferings, but we can see the beginning of the spiritual healings. And in order for the good to flow into souls, what is evil must be taken from them. And so the evil spirits are cast out. It says, whenever the unclean spirits beheld him, they had only to look upon Christ and they were cast out. That is the power of the presence of the Lord. That is the beautiful power that is also present to us in Eucharistic adoration. To look upon Christ has the same effect now as it did then. To look upon the Lord, it is the same Christ who was we see in the gospel today. And whenever the unclean spirits beheld him, now we might not be possessed, but our spirits are unclean in different ways as well. And so as we look upon Christ, not only is what is evil cast away from us and cast out of us, but also so are the other things that might stain our soul. What is evil is also cast away from us by simply looking upon him. And yet these evil spirits, when they fall down and cry out, you are the son of God, the Lord strictly orders them not to make him known because the Lord desires not to be preached by those who hate him, but to be preached by those who love him. And so we are called as part of this church from which Christ preaches, this boat which also defends and protects Christ, we are called in the same way to seek our healing from him, to look upon him and to be healed from all of the influences of darkness. 
and then to go out in love and to proclaim him to be the Son of God present here in our midst. Amen.